Imagine yourself walking through the streets of Jerusalem, seeing the garden tomb, praying in the garden of Gethsemane, feeling the excitement of the crowd in the old city. Imagine touching the western wall as you lift your voice in prayer. You can see Jerusalem, the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, and much more. Shalom, I'm Omer Eshel, CEO of the Bible Comes to Life Travel and Education Center. Being a fourth generation Israeli and living my life in Israel, I know the impact that this holy land has on people from all walks of life. There is just something about seeing the places that we read in the Bible day in and day out. Places where Jesus spent his childhood, where he taught, preached, and from where he called his disciples. We have planned your itinerary very carefully to offer you the absolute best educational tour. You will visit Megiddo and overlook the Valley of Armageddon. We will analyze the battle with David Slugolite from above the battlefield itself. We will visit Magdala, home of Mary of Magdala, and we will see the temple where Jesus would have preached. Visiting the city of David and the temple steps and walking through the underground rabbinical tunnels will give you a new perspective as you watch the Bible comes to life before your very eyes. From the mountain plateau of Masada, the last Jewish stronghold which was destroyed in the year 73 AD, you will overlook the lowest place on earth, the Dead Sea. You will have time to float in this amazing and unique body of water. This 10-day tour gives you an incredible overview of the Holy Land. All costs are included in deluxe hotels, entrances to all sites, breakfast and dinners daily, transportation on a luxury bus, specially trained guides, tips and so much more. A visit to the Holy Land of Israel is a journey that many people dream of experiencing at some point in their lives. It is the time. You're listening to Heart of the Father, a podcast from Pastor Eugene Weldon. For more information about our ministry and how you can get involved, text the code Kingdom Life to 94000. That's Kingdom Life to 94000. Welcome back to Heart of the Father podcast. My name is Court Weldon. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different than our normal ones. We were just in Turkey on a Bible Comes to Life tour where we did deep Bible studies while following uh, the churches of Revelation. And while we were there, um, we did a Shabbat study on Friday evening with our group. We got to talk about Thyatira, which is one of the only remaining um, locations in Turkey that has not been um, uncovered. We didn't actually get to see it, but we did a Shabbat study where we went over uh, the scriptures, what happened there, what took place there. And um, during that time period, dad was able to do communion with the group at the end of the night. And he ended up sharing some things um, when he did communion that he felt was very poignant. Um, and we decided that that was going to be our podcast for the day. So Forgive us for the audio quality being a little bit different than it normally is. We recorded it on my phone, just kind of in the room. So you're going to hear all of the room audio and some other things going on. But we wanted you guys to be a part of that journey because we just spent seven days in Turkey where we got to open the word of God and experience a little bit of what it was like for those early churches and, and get to experience kind of what Jesus was saying to John 
um, in the scriptures. And so this is where the context comes in for what you're about to hear. Uh, he prayed over the group and he shared his heart. Um, and so we just wanted to share that with you guys. And without further ado, uh, this is the clip from that night where we addressed the group. Let's pray. Brothers, O Marys, this taught us how they do Shabbat in Israel, that they, they talk about the Word. They communicate, they, they dialect, they throw questions out there, they throw answers out there, they throw opinions out there. And they, they are, it's all about searching for your heart. Father, it's always a heart issue. David was a man after your heart because it's about us seeking your heart and what you want to say and do in and through us. And so, Father, we, we want to know tonight your heart on this issue uh, of, of Jezebel as we talk about it. <coughs> as we look at the churches of Revelation, Father, we need your revelation. We need your understanding. So, Father, we just thank you for moving upon each and every one of our hearts to receive your word. Father, give us an ear to hear what your spirit has to say. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and move freely in and through each and every one of us, Father. We make a choice, Father, to hear what you have to say to us individually. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you go all the way back to the book of Kings, whenever Jezebel killed the man and took his orchard and gave it to Ahab, Ahab pulled off his signet ring. He pulled off the authority that God had given him and he gave it to his wife Jezebel. Jezebel is not a woman. It's not the spirit is not a woman. It's not about womanhood. It's not about women. When you get to the book of Revelation and he says, I have this one thing against you. You allow this woman Jezebel to teach. Jesus hung on the cross. He, re, he rose from the dead and he stood before his disciples and he says, All authority has been given to me. The dominion that God gave to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Jesus took that dominion back and he said, Now it's yours. Now you go. Satan is a defeated foe. Now you go in all the world. And you take the authority I've given you. The church in Thyatira was given that authority. They did not take the authority that God gave them and they laid out that woman Jezebel to teach. They allowed her to corrupt the church. You look in the United States today, the church is not standing up taking the authority that God has given them. And so therefore they allowing that spirit of Jezebel to teach, to control, to manipulate, to use and abuse. And so for the church to rise up and as we come to take communion, you know, we take the communion and as we take the bread, it represents the body of Jesus. He said, I gave my body for you. We take the juice and the juice represents that blood that was given in the new covenant. And Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. If you study in the book of Hebrews, throughout the book of Hebrews, you get down to chapter 10 and he says one time. Once for all, Jesus completed it, he finished it, he did it. And he gave you and I that authority for that one time. It's our authority. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, examine yourself before you take communion. Don't eat in an unworthy manner. The way we eat in an unworthy manner, he said, because when you eat in an unworthy manner, many are dead and many are sick. 
He says many sleep. What that means is many have died before their time and many are sick because they have not discerned the Lord's body. Jesus finished it all, did it all, completed it all. And he said, now y'all go. And he went and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. So we've got to be willing to stand up to those spirits that are work throughout our country. We've got to be stand, able to stand up and willing to stand up against the politicians that have been called from the pits of hell. They have been called by God. They've been called from the pits of hell. And so we've got to be willing to be, look openly and honestly. Are we taking the Lord's Supper in vain? Are we taking the communion in vain? Not heeding to what God has said. Not heeding to what God has done. And so if He's done it all, He's completed it all, He's perfected us all once for all. One time. He doesn't have to die again. In John chapter 2, and again in Matthew chapter 21, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, He walked into the temple, and when He walked into the temple, He chased out the money changers. He stood up to that spirit of Jezebel. He stood up and He chased them out. And He said, you're making My house a house and a den of thieves but my house is to be called a house of prayer then at the blind and the lame they all came to him and he healed them all then the children began to cry out and say hosanna to god in the highest very simply jesus made the temple of god which temple you are a house of purity he made the temple of god which you are a house of prayer he made the temple of God, whose house you are, a house of power. And number four, he made the temple of God, whose house you are, a temple of praise. And so you've got to understand, Jesus purged you, purified you, became sin on your behalf. So all of your sin are under the blood of Jesus. If you don't see yourself as a house of purity, if you don't understand that you are a house of purity, you will never be a house of prayer because you will doubt when you pray. Is God really going to answer my prayer? Is God really going to hear my prayer? If you don't understand that all of your sins are purged, that he purged you once and for all and set down, he sanctified forever, he perfected forever. If you do not grasp that and understand that, that it is about him, it's not about you, that he took his robe of righteousness off and he gave it to you and allowed you to take your robe of sinfulness off and give it to him. And you put on that robe of righteousness and you became royalty in him. If you do not understand that you are a house of purity, you will never be the other three. Because the enemy is going to question you. You talk about 2 Corinthians 10, taking every thought captive. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Not maybe, but he will. And so we've got to be willing to take every thought captive. And when he comes to you and says, I can't believe what you just said. I can't believe what you just looked at. I can't believe how you just acted and reacted. You've got to say, I am the righteousness of God yep. through Christ Jesus. I am holy because of Christ Jesus. I am right wearing the robe of righteousness. So if you're going to take communion, then you've got to be willing to examine yourself. Am I taking this in a flippant manner? Am I taking this out of tradition of man? Mark 7 says, because of your tradition, you make my word to no avail. You'd rather, rather follow your traditions than be led by my spirit. John chapter 1 verse 12, he says that those who received him, he gave the right to become sons and daughters of the most high God. Have you taken that right to be a son, to know that you are a prince and a princess, that you wear a, a purple robe of righteousness? 
Do you understand in Romans chapter 8, 14, that those who are led by my spirit are called my sons. They are my sons. They are my daughters because they are led by my spirit. So if we're going to take communion, let's don't play church. Let's don't play games. Let's be the church. He said, you are a temple. If he did it at the beginning, he did it at the end of his ministry too, represents a witness. So he gave it as a witness to each and every one of his sons and daughters that you are a house of purity. You are the temple of God. No longer will he dwell in a building made of hands. Every building in this town that are beautiful and, and throughout the United States that have those steeples on them and crosses, they is not the church. You are the church, individually, corporately. So you got to understand you're a house of purity and you're a house of prayer. Because when you go before daddy, you say, Father, your word says, your word says whatsoever things I pray, believing I will receive. Your word says, heal the sick, cast out the demons, raise the dead. Father, your word says, your power, your glory will follow your sons and daughters because they believe in you. And Father, we're going to magnify you and we're going to praise you. No matter what's going on around about us, no matter what the chaos, we will not be moved. David, the man after God's own heart, said, I will not be moved. So if we're going to take communion, let's get open and honest. Are you examining yourself? Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 33, the last verse of, of, uh, of Numbers, so I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. They went in and they spied out the promised land and all God told them is go in and see if it's not, as I told you, a land flowing with milk and honey. They went in and they came back and 10 of them said, yeah, it's milk and honey and land flowing with milk and honey, but there's giants in the land. Joshua and Caleb jumped up and said, but God said it's ours, let's go. How many is willing to be a Joshua generation to enter into the fullness of God, to not allow the Jezebel spirit to control and to manipulate and whatever you want to call any spirit that's at work? Are we going to stand up as sons and daughters of the Most High God that have all authority, all power been given to you? Jesus sat down and he said, now you go. But you read that last verse and it says... We were as grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a house of purity? Do you see yourself as a house of prayer? Do you see yourself as a house of power? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you. Do you see yourself as a house of praise? No matter if the mountains are cast into the sea. Yet will I praise you. Yet will I praise you, Lord. So take a new perspective of when you do communion. When you take this bread, and I just throw my bread in the floor somewhere. If y'all saw where it went, if y'all will tell me, I'll pick it up. Have another. Open it so I don't throw it away. Thank you. So when you take the bread... It represents the physical body that was beaten beyond recognition. The stripes was laid upon him for your healing. He was beaten, mocked, spit on, beard pulled out, and all of those things for each and every one of us. And so when we take the bread, we say, Lord Jesus, we do this in remembrance of you because you did this for us. And you went and sat down at the right hand of daddy. And you said, now we go.
And so we're willing to go, Jesus. Go as you send us. So we take this in remembrance of what Jesus did for us. Now you were all given a real special wooden bowl. Take that wooden bowl out. If you have that with you, how many of y'all brought your wooden bowl? Take your wooden bowl out. Open this little plastic deal. And you pour your juice in that wooden bowl. If Omer's going to be gracious and give us these wooden bowls, then we're going to honor Omer and we're going to use these. <laughs> Jesus said this represents the blood of the new covenant. The old covenant, he's already completed it. And so we take this juice representing the blood of Jesus. How many of our sins are under this blood? Oh. I need y'all to answer that. <laughs> How many of your sins are under the blood? Past, present, and future. If he became sin, then all of your sins are under the blood. As long as you're worried about whether you confess them all, as long as you're worried about what if I mess up, then you're not going to walk in that power. You're not going to walk in that being a prayer warrior because you're going to hesitate. If you know that you're the righteousness of God, if you know that you're a house of purity, you'll take that bullet. But if you doubt, if you blink, the enemy's going to get you. That's how I used Jezebel because the church blinked. In the garden, Adam could have said, stood up and said, Snake, get out of here. But he didn't do it. So we have a choice. Are we going to tell him to get out of here? Through the blood of Jesus, all of our sins are under the blood. Through the blood of Jesus, we are redeemed, we are bought, we are paid for, and we are no longer our own. But we are His. And so therefore, the rest of our time on this earth, we ought to be living as unto Him. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to support our ministry financially and help us keep making content just like this, text the code KINGDOMLIFE to 94000. That's KINGDOMLIFE to 94000.